0: Hello everyone and welcome to Toronto Rock Total Access. What's up Rock City? We are getting close to being back in action at home coming up on Saturday, March the 5th when we take on the New York Riptide. But a little bit of business to take care of on the road before we get to that game. And that will take place this Saturday night, 7.30 on Long Island at the Nassau Coliseum, the home of the New York Riptide. The Toronto Rock will take on the Riptide for the first time ever. Of course, the Riptide came into the National Lacrosse League as an expansion franchise back in the 2019-2020 season that was cut short, and the Rock didn't end up taking on the Riptide. So this is meeting number one all time between the Rock and the Riptide, and, well, we're going to play them back-to-back weeks this Saturday And then next Saturday, March the 5th, the big homecoming back to First Ontario Centre, welcoming back fans. We'll have more on that later in the program. But right off the hop here on Toronto Rock Total Access, we are going to chat with Brian Shanahan, the longtime color analyst for the Toronto Rock and also in the National Lacrosse League. And Shanahan will be making his return to the mic on Saturday, March the 5th, the same night fans are back in First Ontario Centre coincidence i don't know yes maybe just a coincidence yes (laughs) all right so without any further ado let's jump right into our interview this week with the one and only brian shanahan Welcome back to Toronto Rock Total Access. I'm Mike Hancock, and I'm very pleased to have longtime color analyst with the NLL and the Toronto Rock, Brian Shanahan. Shani, how are you doing today? Oh, Hello. very
1: good, Mike. A pleasure to be with you. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to the games this weekend and, and the upcoming weeks.
0: Yeah, and uh, let's talk about the upcoming weeks. First, you'll be back on the mic doing uh, broadcasts along with Matt Cullen and Ashley Docking on March the 5th uh when the rocker at home again against with a crowd right yeah with With a a crowd crowd, Uh, excited to to be back into the rink
1: oh yeah i'm i am going to be so excited for that game like not just the fact that we're you know i'm going to be back doing a game but the fact that we're opening up uh uh first ontario place again for fans and and correct me i I think i'm correct that but correct me if i'm wrong that's unlimited by that time right It's full Capacity, well, we're
0: hopeful, right? We're waiting, I think, like everybody else, for March, March 1st it. to actually happen and, and yeah, have those sure. announcements officially uh, go. But we're minimum 50% fans, so we will definitely have fans back in the building. We're just waiting to see uh, for sure how many. Um so I'm an be,
1: optimist Mike. I'm an optimist. We're absolutely. going be Yeah. Hey, okay.
0: we're all we're all praying and <laughs> hopefully yeah, yeah, yeah but like with anything with this we're waiting for the uh official announcement to become official I guess. is kind of the way we're kind of joking about it around here a little bit but uh I did want to talk a little bit cuz we'll, we'll start a little bit with the broadcasting side of things and is there a game over your broadcasting career because you've called a million games I'm probably sure it feels like but um, is there one game that sticks out to you that you're like, that is the game I remember you know, from my you know broadcast what? career?
1: I don't know if there's any one, but I think just sort of, you didn't prepare me for this, but just, just the first thing that came to my mind is that 2000 game, the Caleb Toth goal. Uh, cause that was the last game at Maple Leaf gardens, uh, Joe Bowen calling it, it was, I mean, the the pitch, the fever in that uh, rake that day sold out, obviously. But the crowd, I'm sure you've seen the highlights many times. It is just buzzing the whole game. And to end the way it did was just ridiculous. I mean, that was, you know, Caleb Toth scoring that rookie Caleb Toth. I mean, that play, most people know by now that play wasn't even designed for him. It was just everybody was looking to get the ball to Dan Stroop. Uh, who probably had double coverage, Toth scores that winning goal, one second left to close Maple Leaf Gardens. That was a very exciting moment. But, you know, there have been lots of them too. But but I'd say that's, you know, being caught off guard, that's the first one that came to my mind. I really loved that game. Yeah, for
0: sure. And I know, um, I, I guess now a couple of years ago when we talked about, and we did a, a podcast about the last goal at the Gardens and interviewed Caleb Toth and interviewed Joe Bo, and there was some little interesting things that popped up about that game. I know, so it was an afternoon game. So Joe actually had to get out of there and, and go call the leaf game, I think oh, later that night. Right. So, <laughs> some wild stuff. And when you talk about what's really interesting too, when you say the play wasn't designed for, for Toth, they were trying to get the ball to Stroop. It's funny. And it's, I'm not sure you may not have heard the podcast, but um, when Caleb actually talked about it, he said that whole week at home, he had a buddy of his who was a lefty feeding him passes because oh my he god! Thought that he was going to have that shot to take at the end of the game, and he said that story was true, and that and, and that's what it actually happened was that he had practiced taking that shot all he week. He
1: picked the corner like this, like he had about yeah. enough space for a lacrosse ball to get in there. Yeah. yeah, no, you know, you know the other thing I remember about that game, Mike. Uh, people might not know, but Maple Leaf Gardens had no air conditioning, and that was a late. I want to say. May, maybe mid to late May. I can't remember exactly, but it was so hot. And I remember saying to Joe, I said, are, are we going to be wearing our suits? And, all? And, he, and he just made the executive decision. He goes, nope, Shani, golf shirts, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we wore our golf shirts for that. It was so hot up there, yeah.
0: Yeah, an unbelievable day. And uh, yeah, a, a huge memory, I think, for so many Rock fans. And, you know, we're hoping for uh, some new memories, I guess, obviously, yeah. going forward. So. Let's talk a little bit about uh, this Rock team this season. Obviously, uh, some struggles early in the season, two and three out of the gate, but things have definitely turned the corner in uh, in recent weeks. So I wanted to get your impression of of kind of what you thought of this Rock team after four or five games when the team was sitting at two and three and how maybe that perception has changed over recent weeks after uh, four wins in a row and now the team sitting at six and three.
1: Well, I will say from the very start, I think I picked – buffalo to be one of the top teams i think i probably put them number one on my pre-game or preseason rankings because i do think they are a great team they've got so much talent but i uh, i mean it's it sounds like i'm acting like i don't know it all but you know when the rock were struggling you know they missed schreiber for a few games you um uh hellyer missed a few games. there was you know between covid and injuries there was a lot of things going on so it seemed like those first five or six games They never had a full and healthy lineup. So uh, it's not surprising. It's not like they were playing terrible, but uh, yeah, they were win one, lose one. But I think lately they could easily be the hottest team in the NLL right now. They are playing as good a lacrosse for anybody. And, you know, I do my power rankings every week and, you know, it doesn't look that impressive that I've got them ranked number five, but you, you know, you can't knock off, uh, Uh, you know, San Jose is, you know, one, six in a row and you can't knock, you know, and and I always say like, you know, even though I think the rock may be playing better than a few teams above them, you know, I'll, I'll wait till, you know, they, you know, these teams lose, you know, sometimes I'll say this team is, I'm not that impressed with the team, but they keep winning, you know, and that's, you know, a few teams have done that, you know, this year, but right now I am impressed with the rock and lately they do keep winning. And what is it now? Four in a row, but, very impressive games. And the other thing I thought of too, Mike, I was just thinking about the other day. Uh, you know, I think Toronto's very good. Like in the East, I think Toronto's very good. I think Buffalo's very good. I think Halifax is very good. Well, Toronto's played four games against those teams. They've only played two. Like, yeah, each of those teams have played the Rock twice. So, so there's a few, you know, they're, they're going to beat each other, right? You know, that, that's going to come up sooner or later than those two teams play each other. So the Rock is probably in the thick of things as much as they are, if they keep playing as, as well as they have been.
0: Yeah. And I want to, uh, before we talk a little bit more about the rest of the league, I, I still want to pick on uh, or uh, pick up on a couple of guys there that uh, have obviously stood out tr- for the rock during this uh, winning streak. And first guy I want to talk about is Tom Schreiber. And um, he's often an easy guy to talk about because he scores all the goals, but I think, you know, in the past he's uh, he's been a superstar player, but It seems now that he's gone to that other level, you know, above that into those top maybe three, four guys in the game right now with the way he's scoring goals. Um, You know, this isn't a knock against Tom at all, but did you think that there was that other level that Tom could get his game to with with how good he had been in the past? And it now seems like he has gotten to an even higher level.
1: Well, you know, and, and I probably didn't realize it till like a week or two ago when I was sort of looking just at the goals per game and, and, and which, you know, because right now you've got some teams that played six or seven games, some teams have played 11 or 12. And uh, and at one point I looked at it that he's on a pace that if he'd played the full season, he would be threatening I knew she's or not. I knew, I guess it's Dane Smith's Dane, record. Dane. Now the most, what, what is that now? 73 or 72. Like, but anything, like anything over the seventies is ridiculously in an 18 game season. And, and I know, you know, Schreiber didn't have a, a big week last week, but, but even that says something where we say Oh, he had a quiet game. Like what, what was he? Two goals, three assists. And we're talking about, yeah, a quiet game, just two goals, three assists. So yeah, he was scoring at a ridiculous pace. You know, that that we, yeah, he'd potentially be breaking records if if he continued to do that for a full season. Yeah, so I think he is, he is and not just a star, he is superstar level.
0: And the guy, I guess, keeping the goals out of the net, Nick Rose, another guy who kind of, you know, he's, his success this season has kind of mirrored that of the team where, you know, he was pretty good in the beginning, but he had, uh, you know, some games that were better than others. And, of course, he had the real shaky game against Halifax where he got pulled. But Nick's held, uh, you know, the opponents to under 10 goals in each of the last four games. No surprise. Those have all been rock wins. Um, maybe talk a bit about Nick Rose and what you've seen from him this season and and also what you think he's capable of here the rest of the way.
1: I I mean, I, I really think Rosie's been – top five goalie in the NLL for a long time now. Uh, uh, You know, the only thing he doesn't have yet is, you know, the championships and, you know, I'm uh, obviously they hope to rectify that this year, but I think Rosie is, is a, you know, and maybe some people think because he's not so acrobatic, but he uh, technically he's a smart goal. I think he's a lot quicker than people give him credit for. He's got a quicker stick than people give him credit for, but a lot of goaltending, is reading the plays. I think I think that the best goalies, and I always say this when I'm, you know, when I'm doing a game, you know, when you see, uh, you know, a pass made to the back door, and somehow the goalie's there, it's because they know ahead of time that that's what they're looking for, and they know how to react. They, they, so he is rarely, rarely caught by surprise in a play like, oh, I didn't know that guy was there. So uh, yeah, I think Rosie's playing great, and you know what? And you even said like the one bad game. Well, even. When did he get pulled in that game? Was it first quarter, second quarter? So you could say, yeah, he got off to a terrible start, and it was that was more of a factor that uh, Holochuk came in and played so well. You know, like who's to say that Rosie, if he sat in the bench for five minutes, and came back, he might have come back and played great. But but uh, yeah, Coach Sawyer made the right move. Holochuk came in, was playing well, and he stayed with him the rest of the game. But but yeah, Rosie's been uh, a great goalie all year. But I also think he's been an elite goalie in the NLL for like at least five or six years.
0: For sure. Now, I guess we we add all that stuff up and wrap it up into a pretty bow. And we're, uh, you know, halfway through the Rock's regular season schedule with nine games. And this weekend will be game number 10. But, um, you know, with recent success and like you say, um, Halifax and Buffalo haven't played each other yet. They've still got a couple of games each other. But what do you think is going to be the key here for the Rock to continue on the trend that they're on, ride this through the second half and ride this into a deep playoff run?
1: I think and and I I think this is something that the rock has always I I've always been impressed with and I, and I give the credit to Matt Sawyer he's always concerned about their game not so much what everybody else is doing and and it's executing you know and he always says play fast and I love that style of lacrosse play f- fast whether it's transition or getting back to defense and move the ball fast, everything I love that style and I like that what Sawyer wants to do with the Rock is get them to play that game, regardless of what other teams do, are doing. Whether you're hitting a hot team, uh, you know, a great team or a weak team, they got to play their style. And you know what? I'm I'm sure they'll be reminded going into this weekend what the New York Riptide almost did to the Buffalo Bandits a few weeks ago. So. I think they can't take anybody for granted because regardless of what New York's record is, whatever, one or six, one to seven, they've been in within one or two goals in almost every game. And we all know what Jeff Teep can do on any given night. So I think they can't take anybody for granted. You can't circle anything as an automatic win. And I think they know that. Like, you know, uh, Sawyer's a great coach and, and, you know, they've got a great staff and they've got great leadership. So I don't expect them to go into any games overconfident. And I think it's just going to games, say we play our style. We're going to win most of the games. And I really feel that way, that they have enough talent on offense, defense, and in net, that if they play their style, they're not going to run whatever it is the last eight, nine games. They're not going to win them all. But they have a good chance of, of winning a whole lot more than losing if they play their style.
0: So that takes us to a, a playoff conversation here, and it'll be a brief one. But um, we've got three teams in the East that have probably separated themselves with Halifax, yeah. Buffalo, and Toronto, probably as the three top teams in the East. And then you've got a bit of a dogfight after that. And with the playoff format this year, if the fifth place team in the East has a better record than the fourth place team in the West, then that uh, fifth place team in the yeah. East will become the fourth seed in the West. So I want to know who you think is going to be the uh, the top four in the East, and do you think that fifth place team is going to end up sliding into potentially that number four spot uh, in the other division?
1: I do think so. So right now, I think Philly's going to make it, and um, I've liked Albany at times, but I th- I just get a feeling that George is going to slip, take that fifth spot. And the other thing is uh, I'm just looking at Albany's schedule and, and, you know, they had a tough weekend last week in playing the rock and Buffalo, and they've got some very tough games coming up. I can't remember exactly what it is, but I think they might play San Jose. I think their next three games are very tough. So I, I just have a feeling they'll slip out of it. George has been consistent win one, lose one, win one, lose one. I think that'll continue. And I guess then, you know, you sort of have to analyze then what happens in the West, you know, and, and the, the only problem is in the West is, you know, depending, it's harder, it could be harder to be the fifth team in the East to have a better record than the fourth team in the West because if you're playing tough teams, and the, your record's not going to be so so good. But uh, I I still feel that that fifth team in the East will be hovering around 500. And right now, I think in the West, well, in the West, you've got a few teams that aren't doing so well. But, you know, you never know. Like Calgary could pull up. Uh, I'm not sure what's going on. I'm not sure uh, if if uh, Saskatchewan can get back in the mix. Uh, so I, I do have a feeling that it's going to be five in the East, three in the West, but I wouldn't be shocked if somebody pulls up their socks in the West to, to go four and four.
0: For sure. It's going to be an exciting uh, second half of the season for sure. Kicking off uh, the rock second half of the season, of course, this weekend in New York against the Riptide. The thing I want to leave on here with the interview uh, today, Shanny just to talk about, uh, summer lacrosse. It's back for the first time in a couple of years, if everything, you know, stays on schedule or whatever, but I want to know what are you most looking forward to about summer lacrosse being back? And maybe it's one of those things that isn't, uh, you know, just the competition or seeing everybody out there back at, you know, but what, what's something that you just miss about, you know, what? maybe being at the rink in the summer.
1: Well, you know, probably you're probably the same as me, you know, up in Halton and, and and probably the same as the people in Orange. I just love the community like of going to a junior A game in Mimico. And even though my, my son is overage now but there is such a great sense of community and pride when you go to a junior A game. And I'm sure it's probably the same in Halton as it is, like I said, Orangeville and so many small lacrosse communities. So I love doing that, but I I love going to the track to watch games as well. And, and yeah, it's, it's the games for sure. But I, I think I probably love just as much the social part of it that, we have missed for so long just you know seeing lacrosse people and like I said I like the community in Mimico but I also like you know going to the track and running into to lacrosse people from all over Ontario because because as you know the lacrosse world is a small world it seems like we all know each other and it's you know fun to bump into people. So I miss that part of it probably as much as the lacrosse. But uh no I'm, I'm looking forward to the summer. I'm I'm sure I will get out to a number of Oakville Rock games because you guys are the closest and it's, it's great lacrosse. So I, I'm looking forward to all of that, you know, the games and the action, but plus just seeing everybody out there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Can't wait for all that. And of course, can't wait to uh, have you back on the mic on March 5th, uh, when the Rock are back at home at first Ontario center. So Shani, thanks a lot for doing this and uh, technology brings us together here today. So hoping that uh, we can do this again in the future.
1: Excellent. Thank you, Mike.
0: All right. That was Brian Shanahan, longtime color analyst with the Toronto rock and the national lacrosse league. We'll take a short break on Toronto rock total access and be back to wrap things up in a thing. Thanks a lot for chatting this week on the program. Shani. Um we missed you buddy. And like you wrapping up that interview, talking about summer lacrosse. I can't wait to get back out there into the local rinks as well. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, when, uh, when we're able to do so. And like you say, see the other people in and around the lacrosse community here in Ontario and just uh, get caught up with a lot of people you would run into at least once or twice a summer and just see how they're doing. And uh, of course, all the inside track on what's going on behind the scenes in and around the uh, lacrosse circles here in Ontario. It's always a lot of fun to uh, just talk lacrosse and life with folks around the rink. And that's something that We'll all get a chance to do, uh, hopefully, if everything continues on the course here, uh, coming up this summer. So before that, though, we are going to be back at First Ontario Center on Saturday, March the 5th, when we take on the New York Riptide. Tickets are on sale for the game, but are moving well, so we're hoping to have a big crowd back in Rock City on Saturday, March the 5th. That's a 7.30 start. It's 90s night. We still have the 90s night pack on sale. You can get two tickets, two fanny packs, 60 bucks. What a deal. How did you like our new social media stuff that went out this week, by the way? Who wore it better, The Rock, Latrell Harris, or Brad Cree? Let us know. Let us know. Uh, We had a lot of fun doing that. We've got some other fun stuff coming up uh, with uh, a couple of records that will be broken hopefully soon if everything, again, stays according to plan or according to course. But uh, needless to say, it's time to get those tickets for Saturday, March the 5th, when The Rock take on the Riptide at First Ontario Centre in Rock City, our first time back with fans in the building since 2021. 20... Yes, that's right. We haven't had, we haven't played a, f- a game with fans this calendar year, if you can believe it. So our last time we were at home was Saturday, December the 18th. Nonetheless, we're back Saturday, March the 5th. Get those tickets. Get them now. First time in 2022 that you will be able to see... A rock game in person. And that's exciting. So tickets are still available. And then coming up at the end of the month, Saturday, March the 26th, an early five o'clock start for kids' night. That game will be nationally broadcast on TSN as well and available like every NLL game is all season on TSN's digital platforms. But this is always a fun night and it is an amazing matchup. You get to see the Georgia Swarm. It is Tom Schreiber versus Lyle Thompson. There's no hiding it. These are basically the top two players in the world right now. When you consider outdoor and indoor lacrosse, this is it. This is the matchup. Head-to-head, these guys going toe-to-toe. It should be awesome. So you're going to want to be there on Saturday, March the 26th as well for Kids Night. We've got some other fun stuff planned for that as well, including we can break the news here. Buy one adult ticket, and you can receive a youth ticket at no charge. That deal is available strictly through Ticketmaster.ca. It's our Kids Night BOGO. Buy one, get one. Always a big success. It is available right now on Ticketmaster.ca if you want to jump on that and get a ticket for our March 26th game and bring a child or a kid. I guess would be the better way to put it on kids night, but uh, definitely another fun one coming up. Every game's going to be awesome. Four regular season home games on the schedule. Plus we'll see what happens obviously for playoffs, but we're fighting for those one of those top 2 spots to host in the first round. Got some work to do, needs some help. That's just math. We'll take care of what we can and that's by just continuing to win games hopefully. And right now the winning streak is at 4 games and hoping to increase that this Saturday night with the away game in new york against the riptide which is not a tv game but you can of course watch it on tsn's digital platforms that is on tsn.ca and the tsn app and then just do the little screen mirroring or throw it to your tv however you get it there um watch it on the uh, big screen at home just like watching it on tv just the same really pretty much identical <laughs> so uh you can you can set that up and then enjoy the game saturday night that's as simple as it is simple as it gets saturday night check it out don't miss it Seven thirty, rock and the riptide thanks again to brian shanahan for stopping by on this week's Ron rock total access that will just about do it in the meantime and in between time i am mike hancock saying we will chat next week.